Hey, uh, I'm excited to be here. This is my favorite place in the whole wide world. Come on, Pastor Mark, uh, he, like he said, he will be back next week. He is in Michigan right now. We're so proud of the Bristos. New Wave Church. Man, he said it's like, it's like a nephew church. You just call us Uncle Oceans. We got, got some nieces and nephews out there, right? I was getting, uh, uh, we all love the Bristos. Many of you were here uh, a year ago or so, in, actually in January at the beginning of the year, and we sent them out. And uh, I was, we were getting videos and pictures this morning, and they ran out of room. They ran out of chairs. The place was packed. 21 salvations in Michigan this morning. Come on. God gets the glory. Amen. 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 Hey, well, if we haven't met yet, my name is Joel. Uh, I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to hang out with you here this morning. I really do believe this, that God wants to show up in a mighty, mighty way today, that he has something special and specific for each and every one of you, that today is not an ordinary Sunday, because when you invite the presence of God, when you honor him, and when you get set up full of faith to experience his power, it's never ordinary. So God has something in store for you today. I do believe many of you, uh, like Shanice said, even in her My Story, that today, no longer will you consider your story your struggle. Come on, that your story is going to be used to help other people. Come on, do you believe it this morning? To help other people get out of their dysfunction, get out of their mud and on the right path with Jesus. Amen? Amen, amen. Hey, I'm telling you, if, if, if you're not full of faith right now, that's okay. I got enough for the both of us. If you're not all the way turned up with expectation, that's okay. The front row's turned up. If you're not fully expecting and ready for God to move, that's all right. He's going to show up anyways. I'm going to give you about 20 minutes to get on board because he has something special for you. So this isn't about me today. This is about you. Don't miss out. Amen. 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 Hey, well, um, my wife, uh, Pastor Mel and I, uh, we're so honored to be a part of Ocean's Church. Five years ago, we moved down from Idaho with Pastor Mark and Pastor Rochelle uh, to follow a God dream. We left really, really good for a shot at great. And God has honored the obedience of our pastors. And I just want to say this before we get started. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Pastor Mark and Pastor Rochelle, all their mentorship pouring into my life. And let me say this, uh, newsflash, none of you would be here today if it wasn't for their obedience either. So I wonder if we can give them uh, a big hand clap real quick just to thank them. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Pastor Mark, thank you. Wouldn't be here without you. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, my wife and I were some of the pastors on staff here. Uh, normally on Sunday mornings, we're hanging out at our San Juan campus. It's been unbelievable the last couple of weeks out at San Juan. God is moving. The worship environment has been crazy. The kids' ministry is growing like crazy. Uh, and so that's where we get to hang out on Sunday morning. So it's really, it's really an honor. The AC must be busted in here. I'm used to having air conditioning on Sunday mornings. It's okay. I'm not acclimated like, like you folks are. But it's going, to be a good, it's going to be a good day. Amen? Amen, amen. And we also get to lead uh, a little thing called Oceans College. Uh, it's my favorite thing that we get to do. We have 86 of the most on-fire young adults signed up right now. So if you're watching or you're here listening and you're in that 18 to 30 range and you're ready to change the world, why don't you come talk to me after service? I'd love to get you more information, get you a visitor pass to come audit one of our classes. We're having another sign up in January, so don't miss out. Don't miss that window. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, today we are going to talk about how God moves in a mighty way when we show up with expectation. He's going to speak. 
He's going to heal. And I really do believe this, that freedom is available for each and every person here this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes, which I hope you are, uh, uh, my title today is Whatever It Takes. I want you to write down whatever it takes. And I hope you're taking notes, not because I feel like I'm some brilliant speaker, but because I've been hanging out with a brilliant God. And he's going to give you something today through a guy, a bald guy from Idaho, right? He's going to give you something that you can use with you throughout your week. So whether it's a verse or a point or the Holy Spirit illuminates something in your own mind, write it down today. Why? Because we forget so easily sometimes when tomorrow comes and we're back at work, when Tuesday's here and your kids are acting crazy, when Wednesday shows up and you feel outside of your mind, you could go back to what God has spoken to you, review the words that he's given you, and that's how we can stand on his promises. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, today we're going to read about an awesome story out of Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, a story about Jesus and his mighty miracles. Jesus and his mighty miracles. At this point in the story, Jesus, he's speaking to a packed house. Uh, He's got a speaking engagement. Everyone in town hears about it. All the religious leaders, the Pharisees, those that were questioning him, they got there first. They were in the front row, not to receive, but to judge. And then the whole rest of the house was packed. And so we're picking up this story about how a couple of guys with a whatever-it-takes type attitude dragged their friend into the church service. Let's see what happens here. This is Luke chapter 5, verse 17. You guys ready? It says this, on one of those days, Jesus was teaching. Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee, Judea, and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Verse 19, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on to the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. We've heard this story before. Picture yourself there. What a wild church service, right? When Jesus saw their faith, come on, not the man's faith. He looked at the hole in the roof, and he saw their faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, they begin to question saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now Jesus, being the son of God and the great mind reader, he perceived their thoughts, and he answered them, why do you question this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that I am the OG, come on, the only God. That the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man paralyzed, I say to you, rise. Everybody say rise. Pick up your bed and go home. And immediately, immediately, immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. This last verse is incredible. It says, and amazement seized them all. They glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we've seen extraordinary things today. We've seen extraordinary things today. 
Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for how amazing you are. God, we pray that you would reveal to us your power, that you'd reveal to us your presence, and that we would see extraordinary things today in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said amen. 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 Can you imagine being in this story? Here's how I like to read the Bible. Can I tell you? I like to put myself in the story to imagine what it would be like to be in the room, to be in the circle, to be in the group that's witnessing this, right? And I like to imagine myself being there. Picture you being one of my friends having to drag me to church this morning. I'm grateful for friends like this. Come on. We all need friends like these four guys. Amen? But I, I live in San Juan. That'd be, that'd be a far trek if you had to carry me all the way to church. I'm grateful that we have vehicles and modern inventions that get us where we need to go. And I, I'm so grateful that we have uh, smart, smarter people than us, come on, uh, inventing things to get us from A to B. They couldn't carry them, so they put them on a map. I, I love inventions like escalators to get me from this floor to that floor without someone having to carry me, right? That little moving sidewalk in the airport. God bless whoever invented that. Have you ever walked on that and you felt like, I don't know, like Iron Man or The Flash or something, just moving past people? Like, guys, why are you not using this? This is free. Uh, get on this thing. It's awesome. I love, I love even, uh, man, my, my daughter, she's six. She's almost seven now. I have to clarify that because if I tell you she's six, she'll correct me. I'm not six. I'm almost seven. Okay. But even, even now, when we go to places and we're walking around a lot, I'm still bringing that stroller with me. She's getting tall. Her lanky legs are sticking out everywhere. But I'm going to bring that thing with me as long as I can. Why? Because her legs get tired uh, uh, quicker than the experience is over. And I'm not ready to carry her for 10 hours wherever we need to go. Uh, so we have, like, this little, this little tiny, like, umbrella stroller, these little dinky ones that you get for, like, $20 from Walmart, right? And I remember uh, last year I took her on a daddy-daughter date. We're going to Disneyland. And I'm still, I'm still trucking that stroller in. I'm like, I ain't carrying you around this, this magical place. Uh, you're you're going to ride in there. They're like, oh, let me see your cute baby. Oh, that's a, that's a mostly grown grade schooler. I'm like, stay in there. So I take her on a daddy-daughter date. We're having fun because I'm an awesome dad, right? Thank you. I needed that. So we're, we're moving around. I have her in this little, this little stroller. We're there all day. And it is such a magical place. You know how I know? Because it's the only place that you can walk around in the heat for 10 miles and still gain weight. What a magical place Disney is. Something special about that place. But we were there all day. It's starting to get dark. And uh, we come off one of the rides to, to that, that chaos of a stroller parking lot that's right outside. And I can't find our little stroller. It was right here. And now there's an empty spot right here. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of trust when you go to Disneyland. I'm trusting that I'm going to leave my stuff here. And none of you 10,000 random strangers are going to touch my things. So we get out and it's gone. And I'm, I'm bummed. I'm frustrated. Right next to it, though, I believe the best in people. I don't think someone stole it on purpose. Because right next to the empty spot where my stroller was is a very, very similar, not mine, but very similar stroller. So, because I believe the best in people, I am assuming whoever got off this ride accidentally took the wrong stroller and left theirs. I'm sure they'll be back any minute. Of course, they're coming back. They didn't come back. 
And so we go on a, uh, uh, it felt like a manhunt looking for this stroller. She's getting tired. Can you carry me? I'm like, you carry me. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Been here all day. I paid for everything. You got to pull your weight around a little bit, right? So we're looking everywhere. We're checking other rides. I'm like, if I find this stroller, I'm boosting it. It's, it's not stealing if it's mine. I am returning back to me. Amen? I don't know. Yes, amen? Right? Okay. Um, and so we can't find it. So we go back. I'm like, maybe they came back to the other ride and just swapped it back. It's not there. But the other stroller still is. So now I'm thinking. This is an honest mistake. I'm not going to steal another stroller. It's more of a trade. You're judging me. It's not stealing. My, I'm, it's a trade. They accidentally took mine. I'm going to on purpose take theirs, but we're both, ending, we're both going home with the same stroller. Mine's blue. Yours is gray, but everything else is the same. And so we get there. Tight. We were looking for this thing for like an hour. We're asking Disneyland employees. Uh, they're, they're nice. They're not helpful, but they're nice. They're like, what do you want us to do? There's a thousand strollers here. I'm like, I don't know. Give me a free churro or something. I don't know. I just want some customer service. So I said, Esther, get in the stroller. Dad, that's not ours. We're trading. It's a trade. Get in the stroller. You know what my six-year-old said to me? She goes, Dad, just because someone stole ours doesn't mean we get to take somebody else's. I said, then you are walking home. Let's get to the car. I carried her, my goodness, but we didn't, we didn't go home with the stroller. I'm grateful for things that you have that can carry, carry things around. These men, this is my point, these men couldn't carry him on their own. They put him, they put him on a mat. It said it was the mat that he, was, that he was living on, that he was living on. One of my favorite things about these friends is... They brought their crippled friend somewhere way more important than the correct ride at Disneyland, right? Way more important than the right gate in the terminal in your airport. They prioritized bringing their friend to Jesus. Do you know that's in the bones of our church? The reason that Ocean's Church is here is because we have a priority of bringing people in proximity to Jesus. It's who we are. It's our mandate. It's our job. It's our call. We want to bring people to Jesus, and we have to prioritize it. Right now, we're in a miracle season. We're in a miracle window. We are in a miracle moment. This is a move of God, and Jesus is looking for somebody who has unwavering faith and a whatever-it-takes type of attitude. And when that person with great faith and a whatever-it-takes type attitude intersects with a God who is working and willing, with a God who has the power to heal, when those two things intersect, you will witness miracles. You will witness the power of God. It says in Luke, uh, it says verse 17 of Luke, what we just read, it said, the power of the Lord was with him to heal. He was willing, and it was with him. And these men with a whatever-it-takes type attitude showed up. So how do we activate ourselves? How do we make sure we are in position to bring our faith, to bring this attitude, and intersect with a God who wants to work mighty powers, 
with a God who wants to work miracles. Now, I want to give you a couple points, a couple of things that you can go home with. Why? Because if I came up here and for 30 minutes just told you my observations of the Bible and gave you no tools, I think I'm doing you a disservice. I want to give you something that you could take with you this week to reflect back on and understand how to access God's miracle power. The first thing that we need to do when we're intersecting with a, a mighty God who wants to work miracles is, number one, we have to remove. Remove any hindrances. Remove anything in your life that would block you from getting in proximity with Jesus. Now, for these men, it was a physical building. I have to make a way to get my friend close to Jesus. But for many of us, maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's our heart. Maybe it's a hard heart. We've been, we've been burned. We've been taken advantage of. We've been stabbed in the back. I know, but God is asking us to remove any hindrances because he wants to work a miracle in your life today. We have to remove any hindrances. Verse 19 says, but they found no way to bring him in because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof. They didn't let any hindrance stop them from encountering Jesus. Here's the thing in Orange County that I find true, is I think we're all aware of Jesus. We know the Jesus that died, but do we know the Jesus that's alive? Do we know the Jesus that saves, that sets free, that performs miracles, that shows up in power? We need to remove a mindset that says there's a hindrance or any hindrances in our mindset that keeps us from getting in proximity to the Jesus that's alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. It could be people in your life. It could be uh, uh, even pride. It says that the religious leaders, they sat closest to Jesus. Let us not be people who come around Jesus but not under his authority. Let's not be people who get close to Jesus and completely miss him. Let's be people who lay down our own pride and our own preconceived mindset of what he can and cannot do and just be open to receive from him today. Just to receive. I think another hindrance that we need to remove is even our priorities. Our priorities can get out of whack really, really quickly. Man, is Jesus really your top priority? Well, I think your schedule reflects your priorities. Your output reflects the priorities that you have set. How are you different between here this morning and when you go back to work tomorrow? Your priorities will expose you. How do you plan your calendar throughout the year? Your priorities will expose you. Is sports practice your God? Is a paycheck your God? Is your job your God? Are your gifts your God? No, we need to reprioritize to honor the one that gave us all those things. He is our number one priority. And I really do feel this, I believe this, that today there's going to be a priority shift for many of us. That if God's sitting at number two, if he's sitting at number three, number four, it's not good enough anymore. He wants to be number one with nothing else being a close second. Because like Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that we stress out about will be added unto you. God will take care of those. Amen? Amen. So we need to remove. Someone say remove. Second thing we need to do is we need to rise. We need to rise. Verse 24 says, and he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise. 
rise and respond. Jesus is here today and he's calling you. He's saying, my son, my daughter, rise. Now, when Jesus said this to the man, the ball was in his court. He had an opportunity to stand up, to respond to the call of God, to rise when when he was called upon. And when he responded, that's when he saw the miracle in his life. Jesus is asking each and every one of us today to rise, to rise, to rise to his call, to rise and respond to his voice, not only to believe that he can do the impossible, but he will do the impossible. No longer are we going to pray prayers like this, God, if you want to heal, God, if you're available, God, if you have time, God, if you, if, if you have enough power, God, if I'm worthy, God, if I've done enough. No, those aren't the type of prayers that God's looking for. We know what God's will is. His Bible lays out his attributes. We know that he's willing, able, available, and full of power. So no longer am I praying prayers like this. God, if you're available, God, I ask you to move. I'm going to believe that's my job. It's his job to release the timing. But man, I'm going to step into the plate and I'm going to swing every time. God, I want to rise to your call. I want to believe that not only you can, but you will. Each and every one of you, you are here today for a reason. You're here today for a reason. It's not by accident. It's not by happenstance. It's not by any any act of randomness. God wanted you here today to remind you that he is not far from you, that his voice is available, and he wants to partner with you and see through your miracle. See it through. Amen? Amen? Miracles are available today. They're available today. So how do we access this power? Well, we have to remove any boundaries. We have to rise and respond to his call. The third thing we need to do is we need to rejoice. Rejoice. We need to lift up songs. We need to lift up prayers of gratitude, of thanksgiving. We have to rejoice. Verse 25 says that after he was healed, he went home glorifying God, rejoicing in his name. We need to honor God's presence with thankfulness, with worship, Do you know why you can feel power when we get up here and sing songs? Do you know why that's the part of the service that that you come in maybe for the first time and you're saying to yourself, man, I feel something I haven't felt in a while. There's something here that I haven't found anywhere else. You know why? Because we set aside time to sing and to simply honor God. You know, worship, the music in the beginning, it's the only part of the service that's not for me and you. It's set aside to glorify God. It's set aside to worship him. Everything else, this is God speaking to you. But in worship, we get to lift our voice and we get to honor God. By setting aside a time and a place and rejoicing and honoring his presence. Come on, everybody say rejoice. Rejoice. We have to rejoice in his presence. The fourth thing we need to do. Come on, you guys still taking notes? The fourth thing, and this this might be the most powerful, is we need to remember. Remember what God has done in your life. Remember what he's done in your life. I think this is the part, this fourth part, is what trips some of us up the most. 
Because when I read stories in the Bible, I read stories in the Old Testament of the children of Israel and how they witnessed some of the greatest, if not the greatest miracles on the planet. They were released from Egypt after 10 plagues. They walked through the ocean on dry ground. They saw a pillar of fire come from heaven and guide them at night. Two weeks later, they're worshiping false idols. They're, they're shouting at the sky saying, God, why have you forgotten about us? Did you just bring us out here to die? This is why we need to remind ourselves and remember all that God has done in our lives. It unlocks gratitude. It unlocks thankfulness. It unlocks the reminders of what God has, is, and will continue to do. And I want to let each and every one of you know, maybe you've never had a God encounter. Maybe you've never been in an environment like this. Maybe it's been a while since you've heard the voice of God. Maybe this is your weekly uh, attendant. You're here every single Sunday. From one side of the spectrum to the other and everybody in between, God today wants to remind you of his goodness. How he didn't leave you when everybody else did. How he didn't forsake you when those others turned their backs. How he showed up as the provider when there was no other way. How he opened up the sea. How he guided us. How he saved and set us free. We have to remember. We have to remember all that God has done. Esther, my six-year-old, uh, she asks uh, Mel and I all the time. She wants to hear stories from before she was born. She loves hearing stories like this. She goes, Dad, tell me a story from before I was born, which basically means she wants to hear a story she doesn't know about already. She says, tell me a story from before I was born. Uh, tell me a story about when you were my age. She's like, Dad, were you ever six years old? I said, I was. <laughs> now, as a former six-year-old, I have experience here. She loved the, yesterday, uh, we're, we're in our kitchen. She goes, Dad, can you tell me a romance story about you and Mom? said, buckle up. She's like, can you tell me about when you met mom? Can you tell me about, she loves hearing about our first date. She goes, can you tell me a romance story about when you asked her to marry you? And I love telling her these stories. I love, I love watching her light up when I'm telling her, I'm like, you know what? Dad, dad was just focusing on God and your mom was so distracting. And I said, get away. I just want to focus on God. I love telling her these stories. I love watching her light up and hear, and hear stories about when, when we were younger. And even for me, just remembering all these, all these great moments, what does it do? Is it, it makes me even more in love with my wife today, reflecting on all these times that we've had together, right? What God has done in your life is the same way. And you start talking about stories. You start telling it to anybody who will listen. You start sharing your story Come on, leverage the platform that God has given you to share your story. Like Shanice did this morning saying, God, if you could do it in me. Man, God, if you could reveal yourself as the father to me, I know he can do it for you. There's power in your story. A couple of days ago, uh, uh, Esther, she's asking us again. She wants to hear stories. But she asked me a new one that I hadn't heard yet before. She goes, Dad, did you always know Jesus? I said, no, well, not I didn't always live for him. She goes, can you tell me a story from before you knew Jesus? I said, no, those are not appropriate stories. 
She goes, what about the time you met Jesus? Can you tell me the time about when you met Jesus? And I began to be reminded of where I was before. You know, anytime maybe you're not satisfied with where you're at, you know what keeps you grounded is gratitude. My God, maybe I'm not where I want to be. My God, thank you that I'm not where I used to be. And I began to tell her the story. Hey, Dad, Daddy used to not be close to Jesus. This was before I knew your mom. This was well before you were born. I said, Daddy was running away from Jesus. Why? Dad was scared. Dad was scared about what other people thought of him. Dad was insecure. Dad wasn't secure like you are, Esther. Dad didn't know what, what the voice of God sounded like, like you do, Esther. And I remember telling, telling her the story about when I was driving alone in my car. She goes, how'd it happen? So I was alone in my car. The summer I turned 18, and I grew up in a Christian household. But I was running from God, running far from him. And I was by myself, and God showed up in a mighty way. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what song was playing through my speakers. I remember the exact moment, what time in the middle of the night it was. I just began to cry. I said, Esther, God didn't tell me how bad I was. He reminded me how good he was. And he reminded me of all the times that when I was a little boy, I was in church and I heard his voice for the very first time. He reminded me about all the times that everybody would pray for me. He reminded me about all the times that your grandma and your grandpa would encourage me and, and send me to youth camp and kids camp. He reminded me about all of this. And I began to activate the power of remembrance. And it built faith in my little family. We have to remember. We have to remember. Your story's too important to keep to yourself. It's no longer your struggle. Come on. It's part of your story. The keys can come up. We're going to wrap up here soon. I'm so excited to pray for you in a minute because I've been praying for you all week. We've been praying for you all morning. That today is a day that as we remove hindrances, as we rise up and answer his voice, his call, we rejoice. We're going to worship again here in a moment. It's going to activate the power of remembrance. Remembering all that God has done in our lives. Do you know why I'm so passionate to bring people to Jesus? Do you know why this church is so passionate about bringing people to Jesus. It's who we are, it's our nature, it's our identity. It's because we know that when we do whatever it takes, others can encounter his presence the same way we did. We know that if we don't let anything stop us, city permits, buildings that are too small, anything else, hot weather, right? This church will do whatever it takes. That's why you're sitting in a parking lot. We'll do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Because we remember. Remember where we were. And when I think about the story in Luke chapter 5, I love these four guys. Some of my favorite people in the Bible. That's who I want to be. I want to do, man, I'm, I want to run through a wall, tear, tear a roof open. I want to do something to get my family that I'm praying for. 
my friends that I grew up with, the people that I care about, the people that, that I haven't even met yet, I want to get them in proximity to Jesus. That's who I want to be. But you know what? I think the real reason I'm motivated is because as much as I want to identify with one of those four men, that's not who I am in the story. If I put myself in the story, I'm not, I'm not the man who had a whatever it takes attitude. I'm not the man, the men full of great faith that'll get close to Jesus. I was the cripple. And I know what it's like to live on the mat. I know what it's like to not be able to get there on your own. I know what it's like to be so paralyzed in your mind with insecurity, to be so crippled with fear, the fear of others' opinions, to be so tied up in your brain, in, in the addiction of the cycles of life, to be so defeated that the only thing you have is a mat to sit on. But God in his mercy, in his power, and in his willingness to heal, he looked at the man and said, not only are you forgiven and you're healed, but he says something so interesting to him. He says, take up your mat. Take it with you. Don't leave that here. Take it with you and go. Yeah, that thing that was your identity, take it with you. It's going to be part of your story. That thing that kept you in one spot, take it with you. That thing that was your only mode of transportation, the only way you knew life. Take it with you. It's part of your story. Take that mat with you. Now, as I put myself in the story, I like to theorize a little bit about why Jesus would want him to take his mat. I tell this to our Bible college students all the time. We don't theorize about heaven or hell issues. But we can put ourselves in the story. It makes the Bible more alive. It makes it more fun. I like to think that Jesus told that man to take his mat because as he walked out, everybody in the room, they're freaking out, says they were struck with awe and wonder, seized with amazement, right? They all saw it. They all witnessed the miracle. That guy couldn't walk. And now he's getting out of here on his own two feet, right? He would walk through town, seeing people that he knew. How's it going? And say, do you look taller? Like, yep, I'm a little taller. And he'd carry his mat home. He'd take it home with him. But do you know, eventually, he would talk to people that didn't know him before Jesus. My daughter, she don't know me like that. She doesn't know me pre-Jesus. So when she asks me, can you tell me a story about how Jesus met you? I picture it being like this guy in his house, and he's got his mat in the corner. He's having people over. I said, hey, great house. It's a nice living room. Thank you for the food. What's that mat? What is that thing? And this man can say, oh, that? Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about when I met Jesus. When my daughter asked me for a story, she said, dad, what's that? Oh, oh, my old mat. Yeah, dad used to be crippled. Dad used to be insecure. Dad used to be lost. But I'm found, I'm healed, I'm saved, and I'm set free. Your mat is your story, and it's too important to keep it to yourself. You got to pick it up and take it with you wherever you go. This is why we'll leverage everything to get people close to Jesus. Leverage your gift. Leverage your influence. 
Leverage your abilities. Leverage your call, your job, your family, your voice. Leverage it all to get people closer to Jesus. Because if we do this thing right, we'll all be out here walking with mats, not being carried on them. And Orange County can't help but notice. Hey, we, we, we go to the same school, but your kids are different than my kids. Hey, we've had the same job for eight years. How come you're happy and content and I'm frustrated? Hey, I have to get carried in here every week. You seem to be walking on your own. What's different about you? Now this morning, whether you walked in on your own or you were drugged here by four friends, God has something special for you. He does. He wants to create a meeting place, an intersection of great faith and his power. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Close your eyes all over the tent. I'm excited, I'm excited to pray for you. I'm full of faith. I'm grateful in the story that Jesus looked at the hole in the roof and said, man, the homie's faith is going to bring a miracle to you. Because I've been praying for you too much this week to not see a miracle. So Ocean, Ocean's family, if this is your home, I just want you just for a moment, under your breath, just invite the Holy Spirit, raise your faith. Come on, like, like an oven, turn that heat up just a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just for a moment. Invite him, invite him. With every eye closed in here, and even those watching online, this is important. If you would say, every eye closed, I want to remove any barriers. It could be physical barriers could be in the, the sphere that I, I spend most of my time in. Barriers in your mind, barriers in your heart. I even believe there's, there's some of you in the tents watching right now. Maybe you're not even a Christian. You don't believe what I believe. You could be atheist. You could be part of a different religion and you're just here visiting, checking it out today. With your eyes closed, if you'd be so bold, just even internally, ask yourself this question. If God was really real, could I put my guard down for a moment to see, to test, to try it out? If you're in here all over the tents and you would say, man, I want to bring down any barriers. I want to remove any barriers in my mind or in my heart that would keep me from experiencing all that Jesus has for me. Could you just wave at me real quick? Just wave. Come on, there's power in this. It's, it's awesome. Many, many, probably, probably a third of you, maybe more. Thank you. Put your hands down. Second group is you want a greater level of faith. Man, I felt it first service. First service was powerful. We prayed for an impartation of faith and you felt it spike in the room that there was like a common belief that God can do anything right now. With your eyes closed and you say, I wanna have a whatever it takes type of attitude. I want great faith to see the impossible. Go ahead and just wave at me real quick. Yeah, that's most of the room, most of the room. 
Well, if you want great faith or if you want to remove barriers, lift your hands just right where you're at. I'm going to pray for you. God, we ask, we join our faith together. God, we ask for great measures of faith. God, we ask that we would be unified as one, like the four friends were. God, we ask that we would have a whatever it takes type attitude, that the barriers in our minds, in our hearts, the physical limitations, the preconceived notions, we ask that you take them down even right now, that you would take down the walls and replace it with great faith. You'd replace it with great expectation right now, right now. Come on, with your own mouth, say, I want great faith. I want great faith. All over the room, could you stand together? Come on, let's all stand together. Come on, with everybody standing. I feel, I really, I do, I feel faith in the tent right now. Last week at our San Juan campus, at the end of service, we just invited, we invited people to step into a new level of faith and just to worship. I dismissed service three times before everybody left. We were there for probably an hour just receiving what God has for us. There's faith right here in the tents for a new impartation for you. So here's the thing that I would ask of you right now. Just close your eyes all over the tent. We're gonna pray for miracles. We're gonna believe together. There's a couple more groups I wanna pray for and then at the very end, we're just gonna rejoice. Listen to me, if you can hear my voice, listen. This is important, it's not about me, it's, not, it's, it's about you. I would ask you not to go anywhere for three minutes. Come on, can you, park it for, can you park it for three minutes? We're getting done way earlier than we normally do. We got, we got time. So you got three minutes, hang out right where you're at, but just close your eyes. If you're here and you say, I need a miracle. Could be in your body. Could be in your mind. I, I, I heard the voice of God. He wants to renew, even physically, your mind. Dopamine levels. Just even uh, the, the neurons and the things that go on, I'm not, I just love Jesus. I don't know much about the brain. But he, he showed me the brain and, and there's levels. You might have had it for a long time. God wants to do a great work in you. There's others in here. You need a stone cold miracle. I'm talking about a miracle. It could be a diagnosis you've received recently. It could be something you've had for a long, long time. I've seen miracles firsthand. I've experienced them in my body. God wants to perform a miracle for you today. Or you need a miracle, like a breakthrough type miracle, whether it's financial, like you need, you need God to show up in a mighty way. And I'm not talking about you've been saving up for that new pair of shoes, so I need a couple extra bucks to get what I want. I'm talking, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. If you're in any of those categories, you need a miracle, lift your hands. I feel faith in the room. I need a miracle in my life in my body, in my finances, in my mental state, in my mind, in my heart. I need a miracle. Now, Ocean's Church, if you're full of faith, if you have a whatever it takes type attitude and you're next to somebody with their hands lifted, I just want you to lay one hand on their shoulder. Come on, just one or two people full of faith. Put your hand on their shoulder. We're gonna pray together and believe that not only God can, but God will. Right here, right now. 
God, we pray for the mighty miracle, for the mighty works. Thank you, Jesus. Take a minute right now as you're getting ready to pray for them and just thank God for what he's done in your life. Watch it spike your faith. And as your faith starts to rise, as you thank God for what he's done in your life, begin to pray your best prayer for a minute, for two minutes, your best prayer. God, we pray you'd make a way where there was no way. God, we look at the walls of Jericho and we tell them to come down right now. God, we look at the Red Sea. We know you've parted it before. We're asking you to part it again. God, we know your healing power. God, we know you can reverse paralysis. You can cleanse the bloodstream. You can renew the dopamine levels in our brain. You can heal a broken heart. You can move in a mighty way. So we ask you to move right now, right now, right now. Now just begin to thank him. As you're wrapping up praying, just begin to thank him for the miracle. Thank him in advance for the healing. Thank him for the breakthrough. Thank him for the promise. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, just say thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, you can put your hands down, but keep your eyes closed for a moment. Eyes closed all over the room. Last group I want to pray for, and then we're going to rejoice. We're going to go after it. But there's many of you in here, under the sound of my voice, that you know you're not living with Jesus. You know you're not in proximity. Today, the voice of Jesus is here to tell you to rise. He's calling you to rise. It's our job to respond. With every eye closed, if you're in here and you're watching online and you know you're not living for Jesus, but today's the day to make a decision. Or maybe your story's like mine. I grew up in church, my parents were Christians, but at some point I ran far from him. I did whatever I wanted to do with whoever I wanted to do it with. I knew the right words to say if you asked me how I was doing. I knew how to put on a good face in church. I knew what to tell you if, if I had to present a prayer request, but I was far from God. I was crippled on my mat needing to be drug around everywhere I went. And in a moment, God set me free. He would say, that's me. I'm here and I'm ready to respond to the call. Whether for the first time or you're coming back for him, I want you to begin to lift your hands on the count of three. One, come on all over the room. I see four hands already. Two, that's me, lift your hands. Three, keep them high, keep them high, keep them high. Come on, one, two, thank you. Three, four, thank you, five, Thank you. Keep them high, really high. Six. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Seven. Thank you very much. Praise God. If you're watching online right now, this is so important. I want you to write heart, H-E-A-R-T, or you can put a heart emoji in the chat right now. We have people online ready to pray for you. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Come on, every eye closed. The seven of you, one more time, just wave at me so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, that's amazing. So proud of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, with every eye closed, let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, give me a whatever it takes type attitude. I'm asking that you would 
change me from the inside out. I want to have great faith. And from this day forward, I don't lie on my mat. I carry my mat. Give me a story that can help others. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. The Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to me right now. There's many of you, you raise your hand, you want a greater measure of faith. And I wanna be, be sensitive here, hear my heart. God gave me this phrase. This is not manipulation, this is an invitation. There's a difference. You can respond however you want to, but if you want a greater measure of faith, sometimes there's a prophetic act that needs to take place for us to get in alignment with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It could be stepping out of your seat into the aisle and just beginning to worship. It could be taking a knee right here on the turf. It could be coming up right here to the front as we sing this last song. But if you want to step into what God has for you this next season, I'm gonna invite you to come up to the front. I'm gonna invite you to come out in the aisles. Yes, thank you, people are already coming up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want me to pray for you, come right up here. Our, our teaching team, our prayer team is gonna pray for you. Come right up here, right up here, right up here. I'd love to pray for you. You can step out in the aisle if you need to. So proud of you guys. Come on, right up here, right up here. Come on, we got room, bring it in, bring it in. Get as close as you can. Come on, this is not proximity to a man. We're getting close to Jesus today, amen? You want a greater measure of faith, lift your hands. Greater measure of faith, lift your hands. God, we thank you for the great deposit of faith today. God, we thank you that this is gonna be an era and an hour, that this is going to be a season that you are gonna move in a mighty way. No longer are we living at 80%, no longer are we operating at 90%, but Holy Spirit, we ask for all that you have in store for us. So God, right now, we remove any barriers. God, we rise to the call, and God, we even say thank you. We rejoice. Come on, church, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Begin to lift up a new song. Begin to sing it out to the Lord. You are worthy, worthy. He's worthy.
shoulders I saw three people anybody else like I need a miracle in my bloodstream thank you right here I'm gonna pray for you I got crazy faith for this let me tell you a 30 second story there's one day I woke up I couldn't get out of bed my legs were locking up I thought this is weird I thought I tore a muscle like working out or something I go see the doctor he says oh you have uh, blood clots up and down your legs uh, no history of that not, doesn't run in my family, nothing, out of nowhere. He says, well, let's just do a full body scan just to make sure that you're okay. Do a full body scan. They found it in my legs, my chest, my lungs. They're like, you got to stay in the hospital for several days. So you're probably going to be on medication for the rest of your life. This, and my best, my best friend uh, lost his aunt to the same condition. They found blood clots in her lungs. She didn't last the year. And the whole time I was full of faith. 
was like, all right, God, set, God, set it up. Tee, tee this up, God. Watch me get out of this hospital in 24 hours. I kept asking them, I'm like, can we leave? They're like, no, you can't leave. But here's the thing, as quickly as it came, it left just as quickly. I, I haven't had to be on medication since that moment. It was not a lifelong thing, it was a momentary thing. And some of you with blood issues, they told you it was a lifelong thing. I believe right now, it's gonna be a momentary thing. They won't be able to put language to it. They'll say things like rapid remission, immediate reversal, but we know, we know, we know. It's a miracle of God, amen? Come on, you need a miracle in your blood. Lift your hands. God, I thank you that you are moving in a mighty way. God, we thank you for the pure blood, the blood of Christ, the blood that cleanses all sins. So God, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, we are asking for the great architect, the one that knows us, the inside and out, to move in a mighty way. God, we create an intersection right now of great faith, of doing whatever it takes, and the Lord of heaven who is willing and available to heal with power. So God, we ask that there be a good report coming this week, that levels would show signs of improvement, that blood test, after I was healed, they did seven blood tests. They drew, they drew my blood seven times. Seven times they couldn't find an answer. They said, we'll check back within you in a year. A year later, I had one more test. They said, you're good, I guess, adios. So praise God. I'm believing that for you right now. Doctors would be astonished, that nurses would be seized with amazement, that your family would know, and you'd be able to walk around with your mat in hand. Hey, weren't you on medication every day? Didn't they say this was gonna be forever? Yeah, let me tell you about that mat. Let me tell you about my God. So God, we say thank you for the healing. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, keep your eyes closed for a moment. I can't, sometimes I wanna end the service and it's like that still small voice is screaming in my ear. Keep your eyes closed really quick. This is very important, nobody looking around. The Lord told me that that depression, that anxiety, those suicidal thoughts, that fear that you're not gonna make it through the week, it leaves today. It leaves today. You might've come in on that mat, but you're walking out on your own two feet. everybody keep your eyes closed if that's you say I'm, str I'm struggling with that can you lift your hands thank you thank you thank you thank you come on keep your hands lifted there's freedom today thank you in the back I see you sir thank you sir I'm gonna pray for you come on we got we got friends around here that love you Lord wanted to tell you today, man, I feel like one or two of you even came in here and said, God, if you don't address this, if you don't speak to me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Oh, keep your, keep your eyes closed. God, I thank you that the attributes of heaven are love, joy, and peace, that this will not be the end of their story, that no longer will this be what defines you. 
Depression, anxiety, those are not attributes of heaven. A suicidal spirit, be gone in the name of Jesus. God, we don't, we don't submit to the power of the enemy. We submit to the power of our God. So God, all we, all we do right now is just tell our own spirit how big our God is. I pray Jeremiah 29, 11 over you, where the Lord says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Those are future plans, plans of a hope, to give you hope, to give you a future. They're good, they're perfect. Your story does not end this week. Your bloodline does not end with you. The Lord has more for you. He has more for you. You need to hear this. Your story is too important. Your vulnerability is going to save lives. So God, I pray even right now that there be new joy. Come on, you need joy? Lift your hands in the air. There be new peace. Come on, you need peace? Lift your hands in the air. God, we thank you that the grip of the enemy is loose. Break his grip. Break his grip. Break his grip. Come on, you want joy, you want peace. Lift your hands.
Come on, church. Lift up a shout. Lift up praise that's worthy. Come on, lift up praise that's worthy of our King. Come on, He's worthy. Come on, can we sing one more time together, one last song? Yeah, lift your hands. He's worthy of everything. Schedule, your dreams, your desires, your life. He's worthy. For from you are all things. And through you are all things. You deserve the glory. Come on, every hand lifted high to the heavens. You are worthy of Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen.